Welcome to the show. Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. I am a Soul Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. I think I already said that. But anyway, we have JT returning from Big Woo Radio. And we I brought him back because um, as you guys have been listening to the Monday shows, like I've been changing up, talking about different things. I've been uh, listening to a lot of different audio books. Um, I actually just finished um, uh, Sean Oliver's uh, of, of Kayfabe Commentary's audio book, which was amazing. Um, I was talking to about that another time, but I want to bring JT in now. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm great. So I want to bring you in. As I said to you off air, I want to touch on a lot of topics because so much has happened. I think it's just been a couple months, but the world of, I, you know, I've noticed this is just me ever since COVID, I feel like between July and like October, we've had every year. In 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, we've had this, this uptick in those times of just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of news dropping. And you said something in a, in a chat to me, and I thought it was interesting. And I feel the same way for the record. But when I asked you your thoughts on Edge going to AEW, what did you tell me? Tell me what you wrote, if you remember. Well, I said CM Punk more so moved the needle, people more so gravitated to him. Edge was like what Edge should have been in his debut. Like, massive. It was so disappointing as far as what as you go in a brand new company and your motivation is to you, you still got the creative juices. Episode 6 is so far a lackluster thing to the crowd. I don't think AEW can really appreciate for who he is um, in the legend WWE. So, I've said this on the show a number of times. I do get people who say I'm an edge hater, and that's fine. I, don't, I actually don't care. But I've always been more of a Christian guy. I don't know why I gravitated. To, it's, it's, it, ever since Edge and Christian, for some reason, I, I think that's with everybody. Like, if you if, if you listen to a tag team, like, to me, I always prefer Matt over Jeff. It's just who I am. If we bring him, if we bring music into this, with the come, let's, let's think of Outkast. I was always a big boy fan over Andre 3000 fan. I don't know why. Some people, people who gravitate to you just gravitate to you. And here's my thing. For me, you know when I got tired, you know, I, even though I was, I was a fan of Edge until he had that run on SmackDown. And I don't think, and don't get me wrong, in a time when they needed it, this is right after... So I'll paint the picture for those who don't know this time frame, and, and, and JT can cut in whenever he wants to. But there's a time where Mr. Candy won the money in the bank, and he was destined for great things. He was supposed to win the World Heavyweight Championship, all these things. Now, we fast forward two, three months after Mr. Candy wins the money in the bank briefcase. Turns out, two, within two days, they, the WWE finds out the Aaron Taker's hurt. Okay, we got to get this belt off of him. Kennedy's coming to cash in the next night well then they find out that kennedy's hurt but kennedy wasn't as hurt as they thought he was but they thought he was badly hurt okay now we gotta get the briefcase off kennedy so in a 
24-hour time span, because at this time, SmackDown was still on Tuesdays, but it was being taped. And at a 24-hour time span, Edge cashes it, or beats Kennedy to win Money in the Bank, cashes in on Undertaker, and then he went on this, I want to say, three-year run, two- to three-year run, where SmackDown was Edge's show. It really was. But I found it to be very lackluster, and here's where it's not fair to Edge. Edge was making that show his immediately after the years of the SmackDown 6. Which, that no one's ever... I don't care what iteration of SmackDown we're going to have. Nothing's going to top the SmackDown 6. That was crucial for SmackDown during their first brand split. But for me, Edge kind of lost that needle mover moment in that. Because... And you could even say, maybe they tried to push his rated R gimmick too much for me. That's probably why I didn't care for it. Either way, I agree with you. But I think... And something you just said that was key to me. I didn't even think of it this way. AEW fans, if we're being real here, because of the tribalism, most AEW fans just think, think of it as, oh, we stole him from WWE. But do you really? I've never heard anyone say, and I'm being serious here, oh, Edge Edge versus John Moxley, ooh, fire. No one's saying that. That's not, that's not, that's not a match I care for. You know, like to me, I, I think Edge can have some decent matches when he's not overly protected. But Edge, even with his elder statesmanship, and I want your thoughts on this, JT, even with his elder statesmanship, I always feel like, especially the last three or four years, I keep saying this, I feel like he's, I feel like they always find ways to protect him, but they don't need to. Like, Jericho does not need to be protected. Jericho, he just lost to Hobbs last week, and he got dominated. And I think nothing less, the fans think nothing less of Jericho. Edge, for some reason, hasn't hit that. Like, Brian Danielson loses literally all the time, you know? But no one thinks anything less of him. I don't think if Edge lost a few matches cleanly, people would think of it. But I feel like Edge has himself way too protected. And I think also that hurts me with my fandom of him. What, what do you think about that? Man, Edge has the Hulk Hogan syndrome. Oh, wow. And my thing is, until you understand the science of putting someone over because somebody had to put you over, you're not really truly coming into your own. I got mad respect for Brian Dallas Danielson because he got it and he got it early. He earned his stripes and he understands the dynamic. Um, do I want to see Christian and, and Edge fight each other in AEW? No, because I too, Christian has had Christian to me, is and will always be Captain Charisma, being that, that underlining, underappreciated star to me. And, to, and for me, because Edge had such long runs and runs that, that really lasted way too long, and, and, and somebody brought to my attention, well, well, you know, Roman's, Roman's um, uh, reign right now is like like going like Bruno. Like you would think he's had it like nine years, even though it's been a little under four. Roman had to go through it. He hated even when he was trying to be all the way full circle. With Edge, his runs had been oversaturated, a breath of fresh air. I think it would be, you know, so much now. And in my continued thought with AEW, just looking at people coming in as to this day, CM Punk's I've ever heard in AEW. of that. I think that this came close, even going back to the first AEW, CM Punk's um, 
last return to me never marked out for and I don't know if it was because it was Chicago shows being on that right there of course that gives them leverage you know as far as Edge let's being in Canada and being in this hometown this right here is kind of like you just ready for it to be over with and it's just now starting I just looking forward to any uh, matchups from themselves and even John Moxley as freaking as that would be uh, Edge is just to me overrated window of time in my opinion so all right so there's a couple things with that uh you said a lot that i was not expecting actually <laughs> but um which is good so how do i where do i want to start with that so okay so let me touch on this oh no i don't that's a whole other rabbit hole <laughs> you opened so many doors there so so here's my thing so i'm happy I, let me say this i mean i'm gonna make this clear i'm happy that edge is gonna be able to end his career the way he wants to because that is pretty freaking cool i think they i think they just posted a picture of him soraya uh, soraya and brian danson which we all thought we would never see them wrestle again and to see them all soraya barely wrestles but you get my point to see them all doing what they want to do i think i do think that's cool but i agree with you though i i believe like his run's been longer and here's where i will i hate when people bring up roman because here's my problem with, with the whole roman argument has Roman's reign gotten a little long in the tooth? Yes, but for me, it's only gotten long in the tooth only because I still believe this. No one's going to talk me out of it. I still believe Cody should have finished the story, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, at WrestleMania 39. It's clear now, after this past Monday, he's finishing the story at WrestleMania 40. But I still feel it's kind of like a year late, too late. Not that too late, but a year later, was which made no sense, but... For me, I, I get it. You want to ride this horse if you're WWE. You want him to make Roman feel like a special event. The dude's only been on TV, like, I think 14 times since WrestleMania, which is astounding considering he's a world heavyweight champion and the number one face of the company. But I do believe that this... But that's where that hurt Edge, though. Was even though Edge, is, even though Edge out of his 13 title reigns in WWE, world title reigns, if you think about it, None of them were really that long. However, he kept he stayed on top as the heel with, and here's the difference. And to me, and this is where I will blame the booking as well. He was overexposed at times where he shouldn't have been overexposed. Now, in fairness, who knows how injuries impacted that? You know, like we we just found out, or I just found, I don't know if you heard this interview or not, JT, but Edge just said the reason he was kicked out of Judgment Day was because. Uh, to the top faces at the time, which they did. Randy Orton went down with an injury and Cody Rhodes went down with an injury. So they, they cut that short. Apparently, that plan was in place for them to turn on Edge, but it was supposed to happen at WrestleMania the following year. So that's why they yeah. that's why they accelerated, which that, that makes more sense now, you know. However, to me, even with that being said, if you think about how long that went with that feud with Judgment Day, and he won, he literally beat all of Judgment Day. Like what? So even though Judgment Day, I get it, that was the best move for Finn Balor and everybody in Judgment Day. But why couldn't Edge lose at WrestleMania this year? I said that I said that in the review of the pay per view this this past year. I don't get why he feels the need to win. Like Edge, think about this, JT, and then I'm gonna pass it back to you. You said you said a lot, and I want to touch on CM Punk, but later on, think about this, JT. This man came back. He had, and he was a part of the creative. This is proof. He, he, there, there are proof. There, there. He was a part of the creative when he essentially helped book himself to go from number one in the Royal Rumble to, to win the Royal Rumble. 
why did he need to win the Royal? That story that happened with him, Brian Danielson, and Roman Reigns did not need him to win the Royal Rumble. That could have done wonders for Bobby Lashley or whoever you put in there. But, like, I feel like he's still, as you said, overprotected. It's just long in the tube, stuff like that. But um, I, I do think a part of it is his ego. And also, I'll say this. There's now rumors and reports now that, I don't, I don't know if you watched Collision this past week, JT, but him and Ricky Starks were going back and forth throwing barbs. It was clear at one point that Edge did throw a bar when he said that um, Ricky got a style from The Rock and he looked at Brian Danielson. He looked pretty upset. So supposedly they were both mad at the other one for unscripted shots. Here's my thing. I've worked at jobs that have been strict to the T about everything, and I've worked at jobs that have been more loose. AEW, they're clearly more loose with their promos. They're definitely, because here's my thing. No one created Tony Storm's current current gimmick but Tony Storm. She's clearly, that that's all Tony, right? So we saw what WWE did with her. But my point is, I, I, I would think someone like Edge, who is from the Attitude Era, would appreciate that. If these rumors are true, but it seems like they both were upset. I know Edge has been sideswiping the, the, the comment or whatever, but my point is, I just I think it could fit his personality because of where he comes from, but I also feel like it can hurt a lot of not younger talent, but like Edge's on the to me Christian's on the roll. I've said a lot, sorry, but Christian's on the roll of his career right now, and I have a feeling now that Edge is going to be the one to take the TNT title, but Edge doesn't need the TNT title. Chris, Christian is doing wonders with that thing. I don't think Edge needs a title. Period. In order to finish his story, there's something interesting about the uh, promo thing. Look at the John Cena. His promos with L.A. Knight. So taking the personal win, that is some of your best, you know, television moments. Run wild big time. I think some of Dusty Rhodes' best promos, Ric Flair's best promos, ones where they just got into a natural flow and just let loose. Stay in time. We don't appreciate those that can. You, you got to be able to go toe-to-toe. And for me, a veteran giving me motivation. Again, it goes back to the thought of there's something about being able to do that. Look at uh, Sensei uh, Macklemore. really is because we have not seen a guy over putting talent over, allowing them who they are. They have to go through some kind of facade. You will develop another talent and put another talent over me and card and, and then some and putting them, you know, using them in several different, you know, several different ways. And if Ed is going to do anything, be a catalyst and putting, you're looking forward to working with with, well, hey, and do that and watch that, you know, watch it blossom. This thing, I think, taking the title off of Christian is not going to elevate you any further in trophy colors, but what are you really getting to, you know, you know, in stars in WWE and in wrestling right now. People talk about Roman, people talk about you know, singles run, people talk about the Rocks run. To me, the single most dominant male right now from Persona, you know, even though she's a heel, man, there's a there's a there's an inkling inside that you even though you want to lose so bad, it's just something about her character. Um so yeah, my cherry on the top with the old edge thing is I agree with you and I I, and I do hope I'm wrong about a lot of this stuff because I do think Edge can help other talent like Ricky Starks. I mean, because to me, Ricky Starks, to add something to the conversation for later, Ricky Starks, once his contract is done, he's good as going to WWE. Not because AEW's done him wrong. As a matter of fact, no, AEW, I think, has done good by him. But he's he's best friends with Cody Rhodes. So he's I think he's just out. But I do think he can help elevate things. But as you said, you, you put it in a perspective that I really need to sit back and actually think about. Because I never thought of it that way. I really haven't. And I guess 
Um, that's just it's just, it just hits deeper. But I'm gonna get on my thoughts with Ray Ripley and CM Punk real quick for you and bring you back in. So I do agree with you. I think her lack. I will say this: the only thing that her title reign, Rhea Ripley, has lacked, and this is not her fault. This is absolutely WWE's fault. Is her lack of challengers. I get it. Nat, I like Natty. I really do. Um, I think Natalia is going to go down as top three, one of the greatest runs in women's history in that company. Obviously, we know the run that Moolah had. Um, no one's going to ever top. Moolah had the run that Bruno San Martino had, so no one's topping those two runs. But as far as like Natalia's longevity, I... I would be stunned if they ever released Natalia because she's such a good elder statement. She knows how to put people over. And so that's cool. But I'm sorry. No one believes Natalia in 2023 is going to win a world title. No one believes it. And this is all on the booking. Now, we've seen now that Triple H is back in power, supposedly, that we've seen more of Candice LeRae. We're going to see Indy Hartwell on TV again. So, like, there's more people going to be coming up. And it's clearer that they're saving, in my opinion, it's clear that they're saving uh, Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley for WrestleMania. But I, the, but the fact that Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair had that match they had this year at WrestleMania, and there was no follow-up because there's a lackluster women's division. I ranted about I, JT. I know you. I know you listen to the show sometimes. I don't know if you heard the rant. I can't. I can't reproduce that rant because I that came from the heart. The women's divisions in AEW and WWE, they should be ashamed of themselves. They have probably some of the best talent in this world. They Not probably, they do. And they don't know how to use a lot of these women. It's very frustrating. So, But I agree with you, though. I, don't see, I see her as a tweener. I don't see her as a full heel. Because she has this thing where it's this goth thing, but it's this sexy, good, next-door thing that, that people can relate to. Because, like, there's some days, if you notice, JT, some some nights she doesn't even wear her makeup. And she just, like, you see her talking to the kids and stuff like that. Like, she has that thing. She has it. She has that thing that people say, man, she's got to win. You know? And I think also, if, if when you look at her run on NXT and how that how well that went. And then when she came on the main roster, Miss McMahon had no idea how to use this young lady. He didn't know. And he she, he kept having her lose to Charlotte. She finally beat Charlotte clean. She needed she needed this judgment day. She needed this whole Dom thing. And now she's 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 gonna in my opinion, she's going to be a megastar. But um I want to get your thoughts on this. We we last time we came together, we came together in tribute, but we did not talk about the CM Punk situation. And my thoughts on CM Punk are I know he does not want his legacy to be ended like that. I know he does not want to be his last shot in, in, in one of the big two companies is him essentially getting into a fight with Jack Perry of all people and now he's essentially going to be banned from both companies for a good while longer I mean him and Samoa Joe had a great match so his last match wasn't bad but here's my thing I, and I said this when he left WWE got fired whatever you want to say CM Punk is probably better outside of the wrestling business it seems like the wrestling business he it seems like he can only love it to a certain degree, and they can only love it to, and, and the wrestling business can only love him to, to, to a certain degree because the people who have had grudges with him, they hold on to those grudges for years, and vice versa. And if he if he's able to get a big payday out of Endeavor and WWE, good for him. I don't think it's gonna work out well. I just don't think his personality fits. He 
has a uh, he has he has a thing where he wants to be an elder statesman, but he wants to be an elder statesman his way. And when I say that, a lot of times people bring up the Undertaker and how people respected him. But if you listen to a lot of people during shoot interviews and stuff, they'll say how you no know, Undertaker was just chill. Undertaker didn't Undertaker didn't approach people often. So if so if you did so if you weren't looking for unsolicited advice, Undertaker wasn't giving it to you. It sounds like CM Punk like wants to be the guy to help people, and people are like, well, I don't like the way you help people. And some people are like that. I've worked plenty of jobs where I've worked with people who want to give you a they they want to build you up, but the way they do it, it comes off as very rude and tacky. Do I look here? Do I care? I can care less. But not everybody's like that. Not everybody wants your help. Not everybody wants opinions. You know, sometimes you just want to come in and learn. Like me, the best way I learn is just by doing it. Do I want your extra advice? I don't, but I'm the kind of person I'll, I'll listen because I assume you're trying to be nice. But what are your take on? What is your take on the final days of CM Punk and AEW? Disagreement. And for however they played out, I was already with the whole young bucks and continue to take shots at him, the media, and find me of guys that I wouldn't even. And me being a CM Punk fan, in him in person, I just won't feel to just get it. Like, if it's the end of a run, go out with grace and go out. It's going to be the best wrestling master you ever wrestled. Let that be. If it's going to be. Uh, uh, you know, the child. I don't know if you can and gave us classic wrestling history. Years before a lot of the injury, I think those things are being overshadowed by all these backstage. You know, the wrestling entertainment business. I would love to see him. Uh, no, it won't be an AEW. If it's WWE, you know, that Hall of Fame nod, storybook ending, CM Punk, you know, to me, that I think he ultimately deserves. Because I think he was an underachiever that overachieved. Hmm. And at the end of the day, don't want those antics to be the last thing that we remember or we read or uh, where it pertains to him. Please don't go go try another UFC run and leave that alone. Chris Gill said in what brings to the table field. And right now, a hot potato. Nobody really wants at some point and at some time in the Triple H run that CM Punk will get one last shot to the right way. You know, uh, a lifelong you know fan of the sport. Would love to just see it, you know, be that way. Because this, you know, I'm like, man, you're thinking people that really, for what you brought, you know, is I just want to see it go the right, you know, the right way on that. And, you know, I always be a fan just because, you know, meet him and also witness him in his prime. Uh, I just, mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm a fan and I can't, you know, can't help those feelings. So I just want to see Phil get it right to go out the right way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And to me, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's in my opinion, even though they're not talking to him now, it's inevitable. Endeavor runs that company. It's no longer under McMahon's control. Triple H has shown he can... Bridges that were supposedly burned, he can rebuild them. Bruno San Martino was one of the people that was their greatest world heavyweight champion to... Still, some people figure he find find him to be still the, the greatest world champion of all time. He definitely put the WWWF on the map, and he and San Martino stood stood his ground. He did not make a WWE appearance for many many years. This guy was making ROH appearances. He was all over the place, and I remember the story. Uh, Triple H said he went to Vince said, "Hey, I think it's time for Bruno to get in," and Vince said, "Good luck with that. He's never going to talk to you." And Triple H said it took him a full year 
just to convince Bruno to look at the product one more time. Say, hey, we've changed, you know. And here's the thing. Bruno clearly was a man of principle, but I don't think old... And here's my thing. And I think older wrestlers now, especially when you see older wrestlers at conventions. I've said this before. Older wrestlers at conventions, they just they just talk. And, they, they, and you could tell that they are really... At least my experience with them. You could tell that they're really appreciative that you go to their booth and you're talking to them and... There's they've always been nice to me. My point in saying this is is that I think a lot of wrestlers now, whether they love the Attitude Era or hated it, they understand it was a very important time in wrestling. It made a lot of people a lot of money. It made a lot of people a lot of Hall of Famers. It made a lot of people be able to go to these conventions and make money. And and I know a lot of them. That's what they care about because I've talked. I've had a number of them on my show, so I know that's the first thing they talk about. Is what's the payday? Um. But my point in saying that is, is that with CM Punk, excuse me, with, with Triple H, he has shown that he can rebuild bridges. The Warrior, another one, he rebuilt that bridge. Warriors only, Warriors only in the Hall of Fame because of Triple H, and Triple H hated the Warrior. I still have the DVD of what he was burying the Ultimate Warrior. So, I do think Triple H doesn't. I don't think Triple H cares about CM Punk anymore. I know Shawn Michaels, and his best friend loves CM Punk. His best friend loves CM Punk. And Shawn Michaels even even said it. So I do believe, I don't care what anyone says, Jericho will be in the WWE Hall of Fame one day. He will headline it. Brian Danielson will headline it. CM Punk will headline it. Now, I hope CM Punk gets what he wants, but I also hope, I hope CM Punk, I know he's in his 40s, but I will leave it here. I, I hope CM Punk matures. Because my thing is, dude, you you literally fought a 21... I don't know how Jack Perry is. I'm just being a jerk here. But he's you fought a 21-year-old and lost your job. Because of a 21-year-old who literally looked at the camera and made one stupid comment. Jack Perry was never a threat to CM Punk. CM Punk had one of the greatest deals in wrestling history. Dude had a show to himself. He had all the creative input you could want. He had two different contracts. He let it all go just melt away for a 21 year old so i hope he matures some I hope he realizes that it's not always about him and what he wants some people just don't want your advice you know like like, like kevin owens hates him right cm punk kevin owens it seems like kevin owens only really respects certain people like kevin owens hates jim Cornette, and jim Cornette hates kevin owens like yeah. owens has made it clear that he only respects certain people in the business and triple h is something that when he really respects you know and so I just hope CM Punk matures and realizes that man he is he is loved by millions of fans and that they want the best for him and they'll let you know it. Um, but I'll leave it there uh, as far as my final thoughts on CM Punk. Um, and I will say, and I, 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 I never, I know you something to say about it, Punk. You uh, you rounded it off. No one. Yeah, sometimes we get caught with our emotions, man. That's all. That's all it is. But um. I have a couple more questions, then we'll shut it down. So, I, I do want your thoughts on this. So, Adam Cole is legitimately hurt, needs surgery if he hasn't already had it. It stops more, It stops probably the hottest um, storyline in AEW currently. What is your, this is a hard question to answer, I know. What, in, in your opinion, is the current state of all elite wrestling? Are you feeling it? What would you do differently? Like, like. What what is your current state of the address state of the union for AEW? Um, the answer to that is Tony Khan. It all comes down to Tony Khan's mm. mean 
point kind of brought this knew that there was a respect love him hate him there was a you know and you just knew Tony Khan that line really come into his own in a long Hall of Fame career in AEW eventually he's going to go to WWE in 2024 when this contract runs out Tony Khan to that question success of AEW standing that at the end of the day you got to have that but you on blast and stuff like that you get the general vibe and that's what it is it's it's like no gotta have that first you gotta set the bar there first and then your talent you a hundred percent of what they are and not just somewhat and and that lack of respect for me for you know him as an owner and being over that you know, will always be the difference. And, I, and I'll say this, you know, as well. But Cody Rose left. Can't nothing about the momentum that they could have had because you're looking at him go, and you're going to see it again. Another talent, close to Cody Rose, cool with Cody Rose. You said it, you know, about Ricky Sparks earlier. Flourish. Not only are they getting the, the right direction, establishing why they got so much understanding, what it means. Oh, you ain't got to jump right in and get that push your, your way to that push is supposed to come along with that what it really should be being an owner particular company um based off how much he matures so oh god i'm, I'm, I'm trying not to go on a another diatribe like i've been doing all episode but i'm trying to get a lot in so i agree with you i actually said this um i don't and you know this there's only two podcasters I listen to, and they're so good at remembering, like, the episodes where they say stuff. I'm all flat because I, I talk so much trash. But, like, <laughs> I, just, I just talk so much that, like, I remember, but I don't I don't remember the, the exact episodes. But there was one episode where I brought this up. I said, to me, the biggest loss was Cody Rhodes, and he wasn't even a... He's technically... I don't consider Cody Rhodes, Omega, and Bucks a AEW Originals, air quotes, only because, you know, they helped create it together... Like Cody Rhodes was built in WWE. I just that's just what it is. Um, yeah. But I always felt like that was a, a blow because Cody did a lot, and Cody was clearly the face for so long. And now, but here's here's where I have to, even though I've said this and I agree with you, I still agree with you. Why why I do want to be just honest though is Cody peaked in AEW, and 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 that's Cody's fault. And I, and I say that because Cody even said. It was his idea, which I still think is one of the dumbest ideas in wrestling history. It was his idea to be the one to lose a Jericho and not be able to challenge for a world title. Yeah, he knew the TNT title was coming up soon, and he knew he was going to win that. But it, to, you could only go so far. Like this isn't back. I said this. I said this just two weeks ago, as a matter of fact. When when I watched old documentaries or or I watched wrestling documentaries, and they say, "Oh well, Piper didn't need a belt." Yeah, yeah. Some people need belts. Some people need titles. Like. When it it make it does make a difference when you look at the legacy now. Like, why didn't Piper? If Piper never lost. I'm not. I'm not counting WCW. So let's. We're not going there. Piper in Hogan's prime. Piper is the only person Hogan could never beat. Vince, yeah. Vince McMahon never made Piper lay down for Hogan because he knew Piper wouldn't do it. To me, that means something. To me, imagine Piper having the World Heavyweight Championship. You know what? Imagine them actually acknowledging Ted DiBiase as a former WWE champion. It, it, it to me that these things mean something. Yes, Razor Ramon, he made the Intercontinental title feel special when he had four times the first four-time Intercontinental champion of all time. Why he was never a World Heavyweight champ? These things make. I'm not just saying this as a fan, because because you can even hear wrestlers now when you talk to. I've had wrestlers on my show who off air been like, yeah, man, I should, like, 
I'll say this because he's I can share it. When I had Godfather on the show, I said, I said, man, can I ask you a question? I don't want, I want to ask you on air because I want you to feel ambushed. But like, did you ever feel like you should have won a title? He said, man, when I was coming with stuff, I guess you're supposed to have some type of world heavyweight title run. He said, I shouldn't have won the world heavyweight title, but I should have at least main evented one pay per view because I was, I was headlining all the house shows with the Ultimate Warrior. That's a big. Those things make a big difference. So, to me, Cody refusing to turn heel in AEW. Couldn't challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship. There was nothing else for him to do, especially if he was going to stick to that story, which he said he was. But also, he didn't want to be there. The same way Jade didn't want to be there. Tony Khan said it. Jade said it. Like, he, he she said she asked for a certain number. He he, he said, yeah, sure. And he over, he over he was he was willing to give her whatever she wanted. She had her eyes on WWE the entire time. And you know what? That's fine. That's okay to want to go there. Um, I, the only thing I disagree with you about is I do think MGF is going to WWE. I don't think it's going to be in 2024. I think he's already re-signed. I think they've given him all the money in the world that he wants for right now. But he still has a lot more to, to, to achieve in AEW. I think he knows that. I can see him going in like 2026, 2027. Um, but the last thing that AEW wants to do, and I'll leave it here, the last thing they want to do is become developmental for WWE, because Jade, she, I know she's still very green. Her best match was with um, Chris Statlander. And I will say this about AEW, or about Jade. Be careful what you wish for. She's going to be a megastar, but she never wrestled outside of Chris Statlander. She never wrestled any of the top AEW women. Think about it. She yeah. she never wrestled any of them. And that, that was her place because she had a TBS championship. I get all that. Now she's going to... Her first few is gonna be with someone of stature. She's it, it's, yeah. it's gonna so she's gonna to, to, to learn quick and and her last match in AEW was a very good farewell for her, but the last thing AEW wants to be is a breeding ground for t- they don't want to be the new ECW where they build <laughs> these characters up and then and WWE just just takes them. So I get Jay wanted to go. Jay's very marketable, but Tony, as you just said very well, needs to do a better job of booking. And you know who he needs to protect. And I'll leave it here. Wardlow is a prime example of someone who I would be surprised if he stayed because he's he's been treated like crap since since he beat MJF he has not he's gone down yeah so yeah. Um, but yeah and, and, and the final question and I'll get you out of here so I as I said at the top of the show I've listened to a lot of audio podcasts um, and I was listening to a podcast called Guy Evans it's called Nitro. Um, got Guy Evans. Have you heard of it before? From okay. Have you ever listened to it or read it at all? Okay, so I listened to it, and Guy Evans did. The, um, he actually did the uh, the voiceover for this, the narration for it. Um, I've not recorded part three of my final listen to it, but since you've read it, you know what my final takeaways were. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say more in my show, but I want to get your thoughts on it. My final takeaways after listening to 17 hours of this audiobook was depression. I was very depressed um, because this was a, this was a huge part of my childhood. I remember the first I remember the first time my grandfather sat me down in front of the TV for WCW Saturday Night, and the only reason he sat me down is because my grandfather hated people talking during wrestling. He wanted to hear the commentary. He wanted to hear everything. He wanted to feel the atmosphere, even though he wasn't there. Right. And, and it's actually something to this day that if I actually go to wrestling events, I bring my headphones. I bring noise canceling headphones. Uh, obviously, it's not gonna cancel all that noise out, but 
but for me, it helps me get in the ambiance of it. But I felt depressed because when I look at how they had a, I you know how I see it, I see wrestling as the as the guy. I'm just using this. You could use whatever pronouns you want to, so don't be offended. But I see wrestling as this guy who sees this this young woman. He thinks this young woman is the love of his life, but she's hooked on drugs. And he saves her. He gets her off drugs. He gets her cleaned up and everything. And once she gets cleaned up, she just doesn't want him. I can do better. I just wasn't doing good at the time, but I can do better than you. Wrestling saved that network. Wrestling made that network. I see wrestling making the TBS Superstation the same way I see how a lot of people don't notice. But when Death Row Records, when Interscope signed Death Row Records, they, they made Interscope. Yeah. And they saved Interscope. And, like, well, I see it, and I see how TBS and, and all the... Ter- outside of Ted Turner, no one else wanted it. And it took a coup. It took a coup to get Ted Turner out of power to get wrestling off the station that, ironically, is back on the station 20 years later. What were your final thoughts on it? There's so many different emotions that come along with it. Because you're like, man, uh, a whole era you seen you in the, in the tailspin, and it was so surreal all the way until Shane the Man came on. And then I realized, oh, okay, this is really old. This is really it. This is it. But I'm going to tell you what killed it for me. Just know that there was fumbling from the network. We know it was fumbling from what really killed the product for me. One of the greatest factions of all time. Red, green, purple, whole nine yards. Feel what? W.O. was originally intended to be. For me, it was the death of that. And so that everything that happened after you did that was loyal to the end. Mm-hmm. That right there is not something that you find very often. That we can, on two hands, those that were really loyal to um, that they were with, you know, um, until the bitter end. And, um, you know, so, you know, the nitro years, the whole, and it'll always be bittersweet. Because, you know, some of the best years in wrestling when both products were operating at a high level. Bad, it really watered down the product. Then on top of that, the, you know, uh, uh, came up station. It really was because I remember those WCW Saturday nights, but I remember those NWA days too. And, you know, how you can fumble a product that really gave, you know, your space and life. And really, um, you know, that's why I say they always be some of the best moments in that product. But it also gave me some of the worst uh, moments and some of the lows that I can remember in uh, uh, professional wrestling, truly. Yeah. Um, in the, you know what? I remember from the last episode, I remember watching it. I'll never forget because it was that simulcast and everything like that. And I didn't really understand. I was so young. I didn't really understand what it meant because wrestling never has. Because I remember Tony Schiavone specifically saying this is a season finale. I was like, well, wrestling doesn't have that. That's weird. And I remember one of the biggest highlights for me, and to this day, it's still a highlight for me. I actually had a chance to talk to him about it when I met him a couple of years ago at WrestleCade. I remember seeing how WCW ended with, not only did he end with a black world heavyweight champion, Booker T ended up with both top titles, and he yeah. left as a double champion. I remember I asked him, I remember at WrestleCade a few years ago, a couple years ago. I said, hey, man. I know you have a line. I kind of actually a quick question. He said, "Yeah, man, sure." I was like, "How did it feel to not just be a black world champion, but you technically ended 
WCW as the champion. Like, I don't, I know people count the final WCW champion because the lineage, air quotes, went to WWE. But no, you ended WCW as a champion, being a black yeah. guy, where only you and Ron Simmons did that. Like, how did that feel? He was yeah. like, and he said, he, he said he knew his exact, he said, he said his Hall of Fame speech, and I remember his Hall of Fame speech. He said his Hall of Fame speech, um, and it's, uh, when he got to WWE, Lenny McMahon said, we finally got you. He said he didn't elaborate on that story, but he said, uh, he, he said, Linda was trying to get him into the company in WWE for many years. And he said he just felt like he wasn't a big enough star to go there and they wouldn't know what to do with him. They, and they, they, he eventually found his way in the company and everything. But to me, for as sad as it was, that was, that, that will always be a highlight because, Look at the two guys main venting for the world title. Not main venting, but they were in the him and Scott Steiner. Those two guys were tag team wrestlers that became their own guys. But Booker T leaving as world champion that that does put a smile on my face. But you know you're right. It's a lot of bittersweet moments. As far as the NWO goes, look here, man. I was a fan of. I want to say I was a fan of NWO up until up until that that I would say. A lot of people will say Starcade '97, but for me it was maybe a couple months before where it just felt like nothing ever changed with the booking, um, and it was like, all right, well, WCW stronger now. You guys have seen that, you know, you guys could beat Hogan, right? And like, and I, I actually heard a funny story from um, I forgot I forgot the referee's name, Randy Anderson. He had did a, a podcast uh, a few weeks ago with someone. And he said the night that Luger won the title from Hogan, no one told him that Hogan was losing. The only people that knew that Hogan was losing was Eric Bischoff, Lex Luger, um, certain members of the NWO that was going to come out and run, do the run-in, and, and, and Hogan. And, and he said no one told anyone else. And so, like, like even the wrestlers didn't know Luger was winning. Apparently, supposedly, Luger never told anybody. And Randy Anderson said that was like one of the greatest moments of his life because he was like, I couldn't believe Hogan was tapping. And even Hogan was saying when he was in the torch rack, he was like, ring the ring the bell, he's winning. And he was like, oh, that's why that's why you see him grab his hair. Well, I think of moments like that, that was cool. But then for it to go back to rinse and repeat, I don't really have many thoughts on it because it, it was the same thing over and over again. Um, I will say this. It's good to see that the Superstation, or whatever you want to call it now, they clearly love wrestling because... They're all in with it. I will say this: despite ratings, they seem to be all in with AEW, so that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just, but I, I don't know. I just wanted your thoughts on that because, like, I remember, I remember as Guy Evans is bringing the, the the book to a close. I was driving, and I remember he, he, he I just said, "Man, I'm really depressed." You know, it's like, man. I guess, I, I guess, to get back into that place, I guess, in, at time, at that time. Because when it when it when it ended, it ended the week before WrestleMania, and some would say that's the that's the best WrestleMania of all time. That's subjective, obviously. But I remember going right into WrestleMania 17. It was you didn't really have time to think about it then. But now having time to think about it, I'll give more thoughts on my uh, later. But anyways, um, so final thought from you. Then we can get out of here. Final thought. Who is we're gonna have you on before this? But I started writing my top 10 list of wrestlers this year as of right now in October still at two months left who is your wrestler of the year then we're out of here promise man it was, I'm a, it was I'm a tough a one for me too yeah, but I I, I I already have mine and nothing's gonna change 
Nothing will change in the next two months, but it's it's tough. I know. I got a roll with Seth Rollins. Interesting. I got a roll with Seth Rollins. Um, um, I've watched him. I almost feel like I've watched him really come um, all the way. It's going to be interesting to see how he did, how my is, and will that change. But it's, it's Seth Rollins. Very interesting. You guys are going to wait for mine. So, anyways, so that is the show for this week. Thanks, JT, for coming on. Anything you want to plug, or are you good? Let's look forward to the next time that we come on air because. He said it all. For JT, I'm Slow Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently, and we are out.